milk enemas, horse cocks, tit slaps. Welcome, as always, to uh, For a Good Time. Um, I'm Isabel Arf, and this is... <laughs> I'm Juan Barkeen. <laughs> and welcome to For a Good Time. I think I already said that, but hey, today we are doing a uh, very special film. Uh, we Well, we're not doing the whole film. We're doing one scene from Belladonna's Fetish Fanatics 4. Um, this is specifically the scene between Belladonna and Sasha Gray that comes kind of like midway through the movie. It's I think it's the second to last scene immediately before Sandra Romaine and immediately after Katsumi. So, um, <laughs> I will say why I chose this in a second, but I just want to get a first impressions from you, Juan. How'd it go? Well, so, <laughs> at first... You know, it felt like a very basic, like, just, you know, behind the scenes amateur stuff that, like, just two people talking and, like, having playful flirtation and discussion. And I was like, okay, like, this is fairly tame. Like, even when it started getting into, like, torture and stuff, I was like, eh, okay, whatever, sure. And then it just sort of, like, segued into, like, oh, yeah, this is why it's called Fetish Fanatics 4. Like, <laughs> yeah, that all makes sense. Um, <laughs> and this was also my first encounter with belladonna um as a performer well that's not true because technically this uh, i mean i saw inherent vice so <laughs> there's that yeah this this is the inherent vice girlfriend experience meetup we were all waiting for exactly you know we have like paul thomas anderson and steven soderbergh present belladonna fetish fanatic 4 and i'm very excited about it um yeah it was it was it was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I should probably say why I chose this one. This is very different from the previous first two episodes we've had. <laughs> and that was intentional. Uh, it's because I felt the first two episodes were pretty highbrow. Like we talked about a lesbian bondage porn that was styled after a silent film. And we talked about a documentary about queer history. And I was like, we need to get this podcast into the gutter. This is a podcast about porn. We need to get down and dirty. And... Why not do that with a lesbian gonzo porno that involves a whole lot of throat fucking, um, a whole lot of like slapping clits, uh, and you know some milk enemas, all the good stuff. All the, the stuff amount, you want. <laughs> the amount of throat fucking in this was is wild. I just <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> that, that's kind of like a Belladonna signature. I will say, I, I as figured. someone who's familiar with her work, um, <laughs> like like the scene before this. Uh, with I believe Katsumi is more or less just that is them both like deep throating a double ended dildo or the dildo being in someone's ass and being deep throated from that ass. God bless. I feel like okay. Let's set this <laughs> up for people if they haven't seen this film. Yes. So actually, so, I was going to ask you before you set it up. Does yeah. is, is the structure of the film as a whole just like individual episodes, non continuous, just like each one separate like amateur scenes essentially yes okay it's a lot like a lot of contemporary um at least like the kind of porno you'd find on dvds kind of like yeah. like mid to late to like 2000s mm -hmm. uh style like i think this i don't even know what date this was but either way it was before i think it was 2006 that makes sense um but it's the kind of thing you would find in a lot of like um if you were going to an adult store and buying porn there by the way i'm i'm sick uh, I have a pretty bad cough and some congestion, so if I sound like shit, that's why. And I will try to edit out all the coughs I can, 
but I can't make any guarantees just so the audience is aware. <laughs> but yeah, it's self-contained scenes. Each one starts with that little like title card uh, that <laughs> you. I'm sure you saw at the beginning of this one where it's like, hey, we're setting up the scene for you. Here's the context of it. Um, and it just goes from there. Most of them don't start out with the behind the scenes stuff. Most of them start out just, you know, in, in media res, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, like the scene after this is with Sandra Romaine, um, which just starts out. And it, it almost has a plot, but I we're not getting into that one today. This one specifically with Sasha Gray um, starts out as a behind the scenes kind of, not quite interview, but just her and Belladonna getting to know each other because this is the first time they performed together. And also, it is mentioned, it is Sasha Gray's first girl-girl scene. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when she was still relatively early in her career. Like, this is yeah. about a year into her career, something along those lines. Um, not that her career lasted super long in the adult industry. It was only like a couple years, but still. Um, she was very prolific. Uh, yeah, I mean, she and... is one of, like, the it girls of that, like, late 2000s era of pornography. Yeah, like, she was very much the the person, like, you would think of when you thought of porn. Kind yeah. of like Jenna Jameson in the late 90s. Yeah, absolutely. Um, she, yeah. Although I think she's a much better performer than Jenna Jameson and a better person. But that's <laughs> beside the point, I, su- I suppose. Yeah. Um, as far as the movie itself, it starts out as a behind the scenes kind of dialogue of those two meeting up. And then the cameraman's kind of like, hey, we need actual like fucking for this to be a porno. So like, <laughs> what? So like, like, why don't you kiss her and things like that? And I'm like sounding very much like a frat guy. <laughs> Like, oh my god, well, it was it was so funny to me watching it, because, like, it's very, it's so casual, and, like, yes. it does kind of almost blur the line between, like, performance and actual just talking, and you can tell when they're being performative about it, but, like, every time the producer would, like, butt in <laughs> with his, like, very, very masculine voice, it was like, oh, wait, this feels a little, like uncomfortable now all of a sudden just because like i was enjoying them flirting and talking (laughs) yeah and now this is like aggressive that's a big reason i chose this and we'll get into the performances in a second because i think they're the most fascinating part of the whole film oh 100 um and it's why i chose this of all the gonzo films like we will talk about gonzo films more throughout this podcast because they are kind of weirdly the main form of mainstream porn that exists right now Mm mm-hmm um, but, uh, so they talk, then they, like, have sex in the bed for a little while, and then they switch over to a hot tub, and the scene ends. <laughs> That's the whole thing. Yep. Except during that, there's a lot of, there's a lot of different acts that happen. There's, mm-hmm. of course, some, like, there's some butt plugs, there's some anal, there's some vaginal penetration, there is some breath play, um, there is some degradation, and, like, face slapping, and clit slapping, breast slapping, uh there's horse dildos like we talked about there's a milk enema um am i I missing anything no but i will say that enema bag in the back so there's when they switch over to the hot chekhov's enema bag it is literally i was about to say it's chekhov's enema bag i'm so mad at (laughs) (laughs) i i kept staring at it and i'm like they just left it there you know that's probably bad set design like and then i was like no no it's gonna get to the point where we're gonna see that in action aren't we and then it starts happening and i'm like you know what i should have i should have known better i'm stupid you definitely known better. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so like i i'll be honest i don't usually watch a lot of like gonzo porno style stuff this was mm-hmm. 
I only know about this because A, I like both performers. And mm-hmm. B, um, it was recommended to me actually when I was first on Tumblr. Um, I had a Not Safe Work blog back when that was a thing you could do on Tumblr. And someone was like, hey, you'd probably like this scene. It seems up your alley. And it was. <laughs> I, I, I've enjoyed it both intellectually here and carnally at my own time. That's fair. And the thing that I always like found really appealing and interesting about it was those performances you're talking about. And the fact that <sighs> there's such a common refrain when a lot of people are looking at pornography, which is like, how much of this is real mm-hmm. and how much of this is acting? I think it's an interesting question, even if I don't think it's actually that important in the long run. I think it can inform how you read a film and inform the way you're perceiving it, especially because even if you're taking it in as something to jerk off to, I think that is something you think about. It's like, okay, how much of this is a real emotion and how much of it is being performed for me? And especially when can I tell the difference between those things? Like I know for me specifically... Obviously, as we've mentioned multiple times before, I really like kink shit, and it's very, very obvious in most shoots whether the people who are performing already enjoy that kind of play, or whether it's like, well, this is a very big site, and it will get me paid, so I will do some light spanking in X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and I feel like this one kind of lands somewhere in the middle of the two. Yeah, in a really interesting way, because obviously it starts out pretty casual and relaxed to the point where I'd be very, very surprised if that was acted. Um, like, obviously, I don't know. Like, I don't know either of these performers and we're just being, um, what do you call presumptuous. it? Presumptuous. Yeah, we're being presumptuous and we're just seeing from the, what they want us to see, essentially. And they want us to see this as a casual behind the scenes thing. And I, it feels like that to me. It does. But at the same time, when you're looking at... I think Sasha especially, and maybe it's just because she's in like the earlier days of her career, but you can tell she's very specifically performing towards the camera in a lot of instances, even in just the like the behind the scenes stuff. Like the way she has her like arched back with her like butt plug in and the pig tank top, it's very clear she's consciously aware of what the camera is doing, even though she's supposed to be relaxed. I mean, we talked about this before, where, like, everything kind of ends up being a bit of a performance in some yeah. degree. and In sex, everything is performative. And, you know, obviously this is not the conversation they would be having if there wasn't a camera there. They probably wouldn't yeah. be hanging out if there wasn't a camera there. And that's part of the context for the actual performative aspect of it and a context for what we see go on. And I think the thing that's really interesting is because you have this this relatively casual conversation in the beginning... It's way easier to tell later on when when interactions between them are strictly performative and when they are moving more back into that casual, this is naturally what would occur kind of yeah. sensation. And like I, I pointed out to you, there's a couple of times where the whole scene is very much um, a power play dynamic mm-hmm. where, uh, with Belladonna usually being the aggressor. And there's a couple of times where you can tell Sasha actually gets a little angry, like real life angry. Oh yeah, 100%. From the tone of her voice and the reaction. And it makes it kind of uncomfortable in a really interesting way where it's it's dissolving that barrier between like professionalism and the fact that this is a form of work that a lot of times the boundary between professionalism and not professionalism can be very, very thin. Yeah, and it is kind of in, like... 
when you look at a performance like this where you obviously have to have someone semi-submissive to an extent, but like it makes you question whether that like those bouts of brattiness are real or fake. And I think that's what's so interesting about watching it. And I mean, like a lot of the dominance stuff almost had me just kind of cackling because of how like over the top in terms of like performance it was like the Mm -hmm. way she's tonguing her asshole is just like (laughs) to like watching that to me is just like outright inefficient and like not (laughs) like not erotic but like then like it cuts to like her like biting her and like you know like all of the light slapping and stuff and it's like okay like what is the point where like pleasure versus just like your pleasure versus the viewer's pleasure and at the same time like what like what is the like what's the line between those two things and i don't think there ever is one (laughs) as a person like with it who's doing a job which both of them are they're both professionals um they know that the purpose of this job is for people to be turned on by it yeah but i think that they also I mean, I think in any scene like that where you are doing things you might naturally enjoy otherwise, there's going to be a certain aspect of, I also want to be enjoying this. I am not just doing this as someone who is getting a paycheck and is subservient to the audience. I am doing this as someone who's having fun. And you can see that in acting in other places. Like, a lot of times the two go together. Mm -hmm. But if you look at, like, this is going to be a weird example, but (laughs) Jesse Jesse Eisenberg as Lex Luthor... Clearly, oh that's him having fun, and it's him doing something that the audience is going to find off-putting, but it's something that he personally is enjoying, so he's kind of ignoring part of the audience for that, and trying to find his ways of enjoying himself, still knowing that he's essentially selling a product. Mm-hmm. And that is what makes this scene really interesting, is the fact that there is this tension between product and reality, or like lived experience, that is both... I mean, it's kind of weird and almost sad because obviously like this is commerce. Like the point of this is to make money and it reminds you, oh, capital, this is a business. Like this is for people to be able to make their rent and for other people to buy and consume. Uh, And usually because it's straight men consuming it, not think about the people who are actually involved in it. Mm -hmm. And What's the best way to say this? I think that's a conflict in a lot of mainstream <laughs> pornography yeah. Uh, in general that is just really shown explicitly here by the fact that it transitions between the two modes pretty often. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's there's really interesting like little moments where it becomes very, very aware to me that they both know they're performing towards the camera. Like, I mean, Sasha Gray not only like looks directly into the camera multiple times, mm-hmm. But there's one really, really tiny instant where they're in the hot tub and Belladonna very quickly just like runs her hand over both of her eyes or both of Sasha's eyes. And like it just leaves a streak of mascara. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really good. Like, you know exactly how to make her look perfect for the camera while you're like shoving a massive dildo down her throat. (laughs) The water running, making her makeup run is like, oh, yeah, like, good job. <laughs> like, like there's a sense of and you can see uh, why she later became a director is because there's yeah. that constant sense of how is this looking for the people who mm-hmm. are experiencing it. And I think that 
there's there's some kind of weird angle on the lens at least at first I don't think oh, like yeah. for the not for the hot tub scene, but for the earlier scenes. To, uh, and I think there's some re- actually really interesting shots, like shot from above while they're still on the bed, where 100%. their faces are almost a little distorted, and it's yes. um, exaggerating what's actually going on in a cinematic way. And that's a big another big part of why I wanted to bring this one up so early is that we're going to talk a lot about very fancy pornography, like 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 pornography where people knew how to use a camera. Sure. Whereas in a lot of gonzo porn, the point isn't to make an, a beautiful image. It's to do a close-up on, like, a cock or do a close-up on, like, someone sucking dick or X, yeah. Y, and Z. It's not making the abject less abject. It's just emphasizing the abject. <laughs> yes. And I, I think there can be an artistry that doesn't get looked at very often for a lot of this kind of pornography. And the fact that I can say as someone who has watched, like, still not a ton, but more of this style and contemporary this style than you have, mm-hmm. there are certain people who clearly know what they're doing with the camera and are trying to evoke something, even if, like, they're not consciously thinking of that, even if what they're evoking in their head is like, oh, let's make this as hot as possible. There are certain people who are good at that and certain camera people who are not good at that. And we will eventually talk about one of those people who's definitely not good at that uh, in a in a future episode that I don't want to give away yet. <laughs> um, I'll tell you off air, but it's 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 bad. Uh, and oh boy, having that kind of artistic aspect here, and having the fact that these are both people who are very aware of the camera and very aware of how they appear on the camera and are playing towards that, and not just like a lot of Gonzo pornography feels like a theater performance in a way where it's mm-hmm. two people interacting on a stage that are not aware of how the camera changes that. Whereas these two performers are clearly aware of the fact that the, cha- the camera changes what these sex acts look like. Um, mm-hmm. Not just in the kind of lens you uses and everything like that, but the way that edits happen and the way the cuts happen, the angles you choose to use and the fact that it's being performed in the first place for later like recorded posterity i will say this is edited actually a lot choppier than a lot of the other scenes in this uh the broader film and i think that's on purpose um i kind of wish i would have had you watch the sandra romaine bit um just for this I reason mean, i might have i should have <laughs> <laughs> but uh there, just real quick as a side note to that if anyone's gonna watch it there's a scene that it, or there's one shot that's actually really cool in that where Sandra Romain like puts a dildo inside um, Belladonna and then steps on her admin, admin, abdomen so it shoots out. It's real fun, um, wow. but a lot of the other <laughs> ones are edited or edited more fluidly. And I think that the reason this one ed- is edited more choppy is partially the the way it was shot and the reason it was shot for. Like it starts out behind the scenes, but even when you move to the hot tub, when it's ostensibly more professional and more of like a traditional scene, it still uses that choppy editing method where you're moving between different takes of the same thing happening and you're seeing the multiple takes happen and there's no continuity intended and there's no uh, attempt to hide those cuts. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason that is, is because they're purposefully trying to evoke the more casual feeling of it and the more amateur feeling of a lot of the early parts, even in the more obviously staged moments of it. Yeah, I would definitely say so. And it's interesting to look at like, I mean, I think, and I don't want to be like, this uses the close-up very well, but, like, (laughs) it does actually use a close-up very well. Like, every time 
especially within the hot tub scene, I think there's so much focus on, like, oral play in it especially, and just the way the camera just constantly pushes in on Sasha's face as she's, like, gagging on a giant horse dildo. Or even even just, like, the massive butt plug. Because there's... So, one of the many, many beautiful toys that they use is a massive butt plug that I... I can't imagine being put anywhere in me. And, like, I've had... uh, (laughs) I'm, like, I'm I'm not about to say, like, I've had many things put inside me. Jesus Christ. Um... (laughs) I've had many things put inside me, but that was just beyond and just the way it's 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 it creates like the way the camera pushes in on that just creates a sense of like scale in yes, a really yes. interesting way yeah no like i i 100 agree i i was gonna say like um like i've and just to give people an idea of how, like if you're not gonna watch it how big this fucking butt plug is i've had fists in my ass this is smaller than that I mean, sorry, this is bigger than that. Like, yeah, fists I was about are to say, smaller no, it's not than smaller than a fist. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, this, this, this is bigger than a fist. Um, I'd be genuinely impressed to watch someone put this in them. Like, I don't know, you gotta call it, was, like, hot, kink, hot Kinky Joe or something. It was baffling. Um, but, like... But, uh, but yeah, like, that sense of scale and, like, the exact same exaggeration we're talking about, where it's taking an idea that you could do in a smaller scale and blowing it up to really emphasize what's happening and the fact that it's literally impossible for her to even get her whole mouth around that is it's a really interesting image like it's it's weird to say but it's a really interesting image yeah and it's almost kind of camp honestly and a lot of like a lot of the stuff in this or i don't want to say a lot of the stuff but there's a lot of little moments that are kind of camp like when when belladonna's and yeah when belladonna's asking her like what sound does the pig make what sound does the pig make and like Sasha's just kind of going like oink 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 oink, and I just like so then so like, then she shoves the dildo down her throat so she actually makes like a fucking like oinking noise like an like yeah. a snorting noise. Great, and I wish great. in I my fucking soul, love that. in my soul, I wish I could just recreate the sound of like one of the <laughs> like the horse cocks, not necessarily the butt plug, but like the horse cocks just like going down her throat because it's so it's such a visceral. <laughs> Like I, it's such a wet sound, <laughs> and I cannot physically explain what it sounds like because. And I do. I want you to insert like right here, just a clip of just like the the like. Like I can't. I can't. I can't even. Like, okay. It's like I, I I promise that at this break point we are going to insert that noise. Oh my god, that's the worst noise you ever made. I hate you. <laughs> that's just me shaking. What it's like. <laughs> Am I? No, that's not. That's not. It's like. But yes, we, 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 we will insert the noise here. Thank you. <laughs> Just for like thinking of that and touching back on performance. So I can say as someone who has been throat fucked pretty fucking hard, you don't actually make that noise unless you're trying. Like you have yeah. to vocalize as you're being throat fucked in <laughs> order for it to make that noise. Percent. Which is such a... It's such a choice, and I love that that was a choice that was made, and not just a like, uh, like a something that just happened with the body. Like, absolutely. <laughs> and, and, and we'll talk about this more. In fact, I, 
I, I'm referencing a thing that no one fucking knows what it is. Uh, there's like two people in the audience who will know when I say the name Hot Kinky Joe, who she is. And we're going to eventually talk about her specifically in the context of the physical performance of pornography and the fact that a lot of it is very physically demanding. But in a way, this is maybe going to sound weird, but like in a way, <laughs> there's a lot of similarities between like physical comedians and people involved in pornography where you have to be very aware of your bodily reactions and you're playing up those bodily reactions to get a certain effect and i just think that's really cool just the level of i mean maybe just maybe it's just me maybe maybe there are people who like really get off on like that gagging sound but that gagging sound just provoked such and it's like one of those things like i don't get easily like not bothered because it's not really i'm not bothered by it but like i don't get like provoked to have the same reaction as someone on screen very often <laughs> and i constantly found myself like uh, uh, like oh god like <laughs> i can't watch this and then the milk enema just like threw me to threw me to a whole new world <laughs> of like that is one thing i just did a not whole new world it really is i did not close my eyes uh <laughs> so, so like uh, like i i will corroborate that there are people who find that noise attractive they are they are mean. i'm sure <laughs> um you like know, i think it's hot in a way like i i have here's a fun fact about me and, and like kind of goes off of things we talked about in the berlin episode which is when i was teaching myself to deep throat which is a thing that i did i purposefully learned how to make that noise because of the fact that like I enjoyed seeing other people doing it and I know that other people enjoyed it too so I taught myself how to do it and I just think that's like fascinating like like when I think about ways that I have expressed my sexuality and the ways it's been influenced on by what I've seen on screen a lot of it is by me reacting to a performance and attempting to Mm -hmm. emulate that same performance I guess the way a lot of actors do in the same way which I think makes sense and I think a lot of sex is kind of like that or at least sex for people who have like watched pornography and think they have to sort of emulate that and i mean i just i just think that's sort of natural nowadays yeah um although i will say that um if we will criticize this film for a moment for certain things it does i mean one obviously <laughs> very it's very male gaze like very oh 100 percent. and i will say just a broader critique i have of a lot of pornography and Obviously, we are a pro-porn podcast, but at the same time, mm-hmm. uh, a a criticism I will make of a lot of contemporary pornography is that a lot of women, um, and or like a lot of men, I think because they don't realize that there is a performative aspect to pornography, because they don't realize it's acting, is they will assume that it is just natural for women to be able to deep throat, or for women to be able to like take as big of a things as they can in their ass, mm-hmm. which it is not like, like, like I'm saying, like, like it takes practice to do those kinds of things. Like sure. Linda Lovelace didn't have a like gag reflex. She is a very unique person. <laughs> like mm-hmm. most of us have to actively work to fight against that, to be able to fully deep throat something and to like make that noise and things like that. And to even take anal, like anal takes practice. It really does. I mean, like, how many people in this world have accidentally shit on a dick at some point? And even those of us who are practiced, probably, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I... 
Gosh, is there anything else to say about uh, the, <laughs> the Sasha Gray and Belladonna scene in Belladonna's Fetish Fanatics 4? I will say I that th- so. this particular <laughs> DVD of the Fetish Fanatics series is the most expensive. Like, if you go on, um, like, adult DVD marketplace, uh, copies of this go for, like, 30 to 40 bucks. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. the rest of the movies in the series go for, like, 10 to 15 Is it just because, like, Sasha... I would guess, yeah, if I had to hazard a guess, like, she's kind of the big difference between the other ones. I mean, obviously, there's mm-hmm. certain performers that are only on a couple of them, but mm-hmm. they're not as big of a name. And yeah, of I think this scene is relatively unique as well, so. Nice. Okay. So, that's that's that taken care of. Um, I, like <laughs> I said, I, I wanted to get our minds in the gutter for a little bit and really dig into that. Um, and I'm sure sh- I will. I will continually bring be bringing us back to the gutter as much as I can, um, just because. I mean, you say that like I'm not gonna throw out some like weird fucking porn at some point here. <laughs> you're just gonna be like, oh, we're just gonna watch Falconhead and we're gonna watch Bijou and Wow, uh, you know, I don't need this attack and the devil on and Miss my Jones. preferred pornography. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna watch a bunch of a bunch of Jess Franco movies. Oh my god. We I are mean, definitely going to watch Vampire Slice. Yeah, I was point. about to say, like, we're definitely going to do that at some point. But yeah, uh, now what do we do? We do plugs. Um, oh, oh, I remember one thing that we did in the other ones is we did say where you can get these things. Yes, 100%. So, this is not hard to find. A, I believe Evil Angel, who did the original production, has it on their website um, for streaming and rental. And then you can find used DVD, D, like I said, used DVD copies relatively easy. Um, just... So people are aware, like, I don't know how much of our audience even buys physical copies of porn. I do quite a bit, but hey, if you're looking for physical copies of porn, especially not artistic porn, if you're looking for like porn that is just there to jerk <laughs> off to, um, and is not the kind of thing that would get a nice release by Vinegar Syndrome or anything like that, Adult DVD Marketplace is your best friend. I've bought a lot of things from there and you can get stuff very cheap. But yes, yeah, so that's where we find that if you want to contact us we are at for a good time pod on both gmail.com to email us or on twitter and um plugs um i am isabel arf as i already said i am on twitter the main account is at space jam fan the side account which i should have said in the earlier episodes my not safe work account is not highbrow it is really just me posting nude pictures of myself and then reblogging other things i find sexy so it is not like Here's the specific, like, for a good time, not safe for work account of this person that's going to have things to say about X, Y, and Z. I will occasionally be like, hey, I just bought this porno. It's really good. Check this creator out. But just so you're aware of what's there going in. And then you can find me on Letterboxd at, I think, also Space Jam Fan. And I do some writing on Dim the House Lights occasionally. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, where can people find you, Juan? Um, you can find me... I don't, I don't know where, um, where Fuck the fuck can I find myself? Um, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's on, a very existential question. You can find me on Twitter at whoa, it's Juanito, W O A H. It's Juanito. And you can also find me on Miami new times, dim and other exciting, exciting outlets that I'm not going to list here because that just sounds pretentious. So what are we doing next episode one? We are going both back to the past and into the future with a very exciting porn production from 1978 called Sex World. 
Um, where, can people, <laughs> where, where can people find Sex World, Juan? You can find a Sex World Blu-ray and DVD combo from Vinegar Syndrome. I'm not sure if they're still available on the website, but you can probably find them at any given reselling retailer. You know, Walmart, uh, Goodwill, wherever you need to go. Yeah, definitely. Probably a gas station if you're near one of those. I'd be into that. Just sex world, sex world, sex world, sex world, sex world. But yeah, uh, uh, until next time. Thank you for calling.